Good morning. It is just before, it's Valentine's Day Eve, February 13th, 2023 at 11.21am. And the end is near, friends. All right, I'm going to talk about what I'm talking about here in a second. You may have already looked at it, looked at the title, looked at the provocative photo, and said, oh my gosh, the end is near. Everything's about to change. And it's true a little bit, but we're going to talk about the positives, the negatives, the things we should savor, all that in this quick cast today. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage. Today for me, it's just a water. Maybe it's a coffee for you. It's still morning. It's still the morning. But before we do it, let's uh, thank our pals at uh, Homefield Apparel. Head over to homefieldapparel.com. Check out their new gear. They've got some new hats. They've got some new shirts. They got this. I think I think they have a new sweatshirt. But a lot of nice stuff. A lot of new stuff for uh, for you and for your your favorite Purdue fan. Maybe you get one. You you pick one up for your for your uh, sweetie. For uh, I don't say sweetie very often. Don't ever say it to my wife. Um, for Valentine's Day. Enter Boiled23 at checkout. You get 15% off your first order. Or they have another thing. I tweeted it out because of this. Uh, they've got another, some exciting news. they got a new um, relationship with the Purdue Collective at the NIL. So they're going to, I bet some gear will start showing up. Maybe uh, maybe some Braden Smith stuff coming the way, coming your way. Some Edie stuff, some, some uh, Jones stuff. Who knows? Who knows? Um, also, when you're on campus and you have a chance to be on campus this week, if you've got tickets to the Minnesota game Thursday evening, Purdue plays Minnesota at 8:30. And when you're there, that's a late game, so you should get on campus. You know, leave work maybe a little bit early, 4:30. Get up there at who knows five or six. Sit down, cozy in a booth. Tell Adam and his friends to grab you some some mac and cheese bites or a, or a pretzel appetizer and a pint, and then get ready. For some Italian beef or a delicious burger. Burgers, beef, and beer. <clears throat> That's AJ's. AJ's on Vine. AJ's near the fire station. Um, they'll treat you right. That's just a fact. All right, so you know what the end is near. Zach Eady's career at Purdue is drawing to a close. Just seven games left, boys and girls. And what? Four of those are at Mackey. Just four games left at Mackey. It'll culminate uh, with a coronation of sorts on uh, versus Wisconsin. Senior night will be versus Wisconsin. Hopefully uh, Purdue has uh, tied up the Big Ten title by then, uh, but anything can happen. Uh, if they don't take every uh, game seriously, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But here's what I feel like is going to happen. When I look at the what's coming ahead, one of the big things that I have circled here, and I talked about this on Twitter real briefly, is at game 35, game 35, Zach Eady should pass Rick Mount in the second half of that game as Purdue's all-time leading scorer. Well, it's possible that Purdue won't have 35 games. It could happen. But how this would happen is pretty simple. If Purdue goes to the championship of the Big Ten tournament and then has one game in the NCAA tournament, just one, they will. Uh, that'll be thirty. That'll be game thirty-five. And Zach Eady, according to his averages, if he just plays to his average, he's going to pass Rick Mount and become Purdue's all-time leading scorer. Also, if he plays to his averages in at Ohio State in Columbus uh, in the second half, he will become Purdue's all-time leading rebounder. Pretty exciting stuff. In case you don't know it, let's see. I had it written down here someplace. Um, Eady is averaging twenty-three and eleven uh, right now. He's in. Uh, 
tremendous shape to be national player of the year. If he doesn't have it already, he's darn close. I don't know how, who could pass him, who could surpass him. If you listen to the national pundits, they don't know who could surpass him. I think it's his award to, uh, to lose, <clears throat> and uh, I think he's going to hold on to it based on everything we see. This is it's it's an end to an era. There's no doubt about it about that, and that is kind of tough to swallow as a Purdue fan because if you're um, if you're old enough to remember uh, the last national player of the year, Glenn Robinson, uh, you know that this doesn't come very often. In fact, to have back to back players of the year doesn't come hardly ever in the history of NCAA basketball. I think it's five of five people have have won back to back national players of the year. Last one I think was Ralph Sampson. This is elite company. Zach Eady has entered um, into, if will enter, will enter into. Pardon me, that will be presumptive again if he wins the award. On top of that, of course, Purdue's style of play has revolved around Purdue's big man, Purdue's um, Canada's favorite son in West Lafayette, and even his mom. Zach Eady changed Purdue culture because. Uh, he was so dominant, and he has been so dominant. So, again, one thing I would say, good job to you, uh, Boiled Sports listener or watcher out there. You made it past the doldrums of the season, in my opinion. You made it past the part that was tough to, to just deal with the fact, okay, got to get this bad taste out of the mouth from the, the FDU loss. Got to get past that. Everything, got just got to get to the tournament. Now, savor what's happening. Purdue has busted their ass to get into the lead of the Big Ten. <clears throat> And now they're looking to clinch. They're looking to tie things up. Zach Eady is looking to tie things up on his side. And, um, and it'll be fun as a fan to watch this final stretch, I think. It's a nice rhythm to the end of the season. Purdue will have home game Minnesota, then they go on the road against Ohio State, and then it repeats home away, home away, home away for seven games. After that, the Big Ten tournament, I think it's in Minneapolis this year. Um, that, um, that's that's a, That's... Not much time left, and um, the weather's starting to change a little bit in central Indiana. We're even seeing sun for multiple days in a row now, and it feels like spring is just around the corner. The NCAA tournament's just around the corner, and this is um, this is the time where Purdue can can exercise even more demons. Like I said, those four, last four games to me were really important for the Big Ten title hunt. Purdue swept those four games. They went through them with flying colors. Uh, a couple games they had to play them close. A couple games, uh, especially well, one game versus IU, it was a bit of a, a snooze, a cruise, whatever you want to call it. But they got through those four games. I think that was really, really important. All right, so here's the real reason I wanted to post today. <clears throat> and I didn't, I didn't really want to make just like a three-second post, a three-second video, a couple-minute video. But I thought it was worthwhile because – I always marvel, I always marvel at people, at fans that try to talk trash when they're not in a place of power. I never get it. If you're coming off a loss, if you're coming off a shellacking, an ass kicking, and your team's not good, why talk trash? There's no need to do it. I was merciful at church on Sunday morning. Generally, I'll wear a Purdue, the, uh, the jacket that Tyler Trent wore, the repeating motion P uh, to church. But I took it easy because I was speaking, I was thinking specifically of one IU fan at my church. I didn't want to, I don't like say, talking trash, but I'll wear that jacket and it's enough sometimes after a Purdue victory or after a nice weekend or after whatever the case is. But I don't ever, I don't ever wear that jacket uh, coming off a loss. 
just because I don't really want to take the arrows. Little did I know I'd take arrows <clears throat> on Sunday, and I'd hear a, a drum beat. There must be something out there within the IU community that is being um, spread around. Just doesn't make any sense to me to do this. But So I stayed away from my jacket. I actually wore all black to church just because uh, it's slimming. Yeah, it makes me look tall, too. Neither of those things are true. Um, but what I heard three times, three different people, three different ages, was that just wait, just wait when Edie's gone, IU's going to get back at Purdue. They're going to own them again. <coughs> okay. All right. So these people aren't historians, clearly, right? They don't understand what's happened in the in the a little bit distant past and the not-so-distant past. They clearly don't remember the baby boilers dominating. They don't remember that at all. Um, Tom Crane said when the baby boilers left, everything would be back to right. IU would start beating Purdue regularly. That didn't happen. But on the grander scheme after that, right, Purdue took up Purdue a couple years, six years, and they got back to the top of the conference. Um, Swanigan. Swanigan came. Big Ten Player of the Year. All-American. 2017, Purdue wins a Big Ten title. 2018, the four seniors. You had uh, Haas, Matthias, Edwards, um, and Thompson. Thompson, of course, now on the bench at Purdue, and he's the offensive coordinator for Coach Painter. Purdue players never die. Um, and, um, and Purdue was back to where they should be. Tough ending again. We know about tough endings to the season. That one had an especially tough ending in March. But then it looked like, okay, you know, now they only have really one one guy of note, you know, Boogie Edwards, and he's streaky. And well, Purdue wins the title again. Purdue goes to the Elite Eight. He leaves. Then you get an All American guy that goes high in the draft, Jaden Ivey. Okay, okay, that just a blip. Okay, now it's Zach Eady. Okay, two years Zach Eady. A lot of people have called this uh, at sleepers. They call this the Zach Eady era of college basketball. Two years of dominance by Purdue. By the way, for three straight years, people forget, in the, I don't know how, people forget that's three straight years Purdue has been ranked number one at least for a week. And I think it was more than that in all three seasons. I know it's more than that in all three seasons, actually. Nope, it was just one for Ivy. Eight last year, and I don't know, I think six or seven ranked number one this year, and a lot of weeks ranked number two. But that's it. According to me, that's the end. That's it. Purdue basketball, as you know, it is kaput. But wait a, wait a sec. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. In an era that we've been talking about where modern college basketball is dominated by guards with the ball in their hands, guys that can score, maybe bring the ball up, Purdue brings back two of the guys who have started every game of their career. Oh, wait. Wait. Is that, that feels a little shaky to me if you're, if you're the guy that's arguing that Edie is the end of Purdue basketball. Edie's a great player. Edie's, like I said, culture changer. Edie's someone who's, the, there's the Purdue doesn't retire jerseys. His, his, his jersey will be in the rafters for his, his feats as player of the year and All-American. But Purdue basketball doesn't end. Matt Painter is smart enough to change his style where he needs to. So next year you have two guards returning. You have the maybe arguably... Painter's best recruiting class. It's definitely the best recruiting class since the Baby Boilers. I call them the Super Six, the Sensational Six, whatever you want to call them. Um, and then on top of that, if you've seen one of the videos that's going around of Cam Heidi just 
dunking, playing above the rim. TKR is a pretty good athlete for a big. Berg is a pretty athletic big. Purdue is going to be loaded again. They're going to be young, and not a lot of people are going to be on board with Purdue. But the fun begins again with Purdue next season. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And um, if your IU friends have said similar things to you, you don't need to remind them if you don't want to. Um, let them talk. But uh, the the rumors of Purdue's demise at the end of the Zach, Zach Eady era are, are extremely exaggerated and um, simply not true. I can't wait for this next seven games just to watch them unfold because I'm excited. I love the way the schedule unfolds. I think Purdue is in the driver's seat. I can't wait for Purdue to get their taste out of their mouth in the NCAA tournament. And let's see what we can do. Have a little bit of fun. Maybe it's second, maybe third. Do we dare to dream third weekend in the NCAA tournament? It could happen. Um, and I'm not one to count anything before it's done, but I love the end of the season and I'm excited for it. And we're right there. So that's it. That's the only reason I, I, I posted the quick cast today. I'm going to look at your comments. Thank you to everybody tuning in live in the middle of your busy work week, work day. Um, I appreciate it. And of course, still, Dick Stillwagon's here. Uh, how are you? Chris Harder says, uh, what's a Valentine's Eve treat? Um, did I say Valentine's Eve treat? There, I, um, what is a good Valentine's Eve treat? Did I say that? I may have said that, Chris, but I don't remember. It's been so long ago. It's been 13 minutes. Um, I, if I were you, gentlemen, let me talk to you. Let's just focus on you for a second. Go out now. Get something for your for your um, girlfriend or, or bride. Go, go do that. Don't let, don't let time slip. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't be at Kroger with the desperate men trying to get flowers at the last minute. Okay, go make plans now. Um, Ted Berkey, uh, good morning. Uh, still in, said, thanks so much for saying hi to my grandmother. Yeah, I, I, that was awesome. Um, that's, uh, that's fun. That's fun. My, uh, my dad talked to me about that. Uh, Austin Ray, clickbait. Exactly. I'm a clickbait king. So, like, here's the thing, Austin. I have, I, I've listened to people say, you should try this. And I'm like, these clickbait things are so stupid. And I, I hedge my bet a lot here, right? Because, number one, if you, you know what you're tuning into. Most of you guys, I mean, guys and girls, you understand what you're tuning into. But the new, newbies, maybe they, maybe they bought it. Maybe they think this is it. It's over for Purdue. So I hope they did. And we got a chance to tell them that it's, it's, not, it's not at all over. Uh, Jeff, uh, why is Dick always first? Because he's waiting. He's, he's there in the tall grass waiting to jump on the comment section. Um, Greg McManus, hello, how are you? Um, Ted Berkey, we have a seven-footer on the bench and another one coming next year. That seems good to me, especially when you have a guy who knows, he kind of knows how to use a seven-footer, knows how to uh, make an architecture for, for Harms, who was not a banger, for Haas, who was, for Edie, obviously, um, he, he makes those guys work pretty well. And here's what Purdue's going to do next year. One way or another, you're going to see the split of time. Remember, with Travion and Edie, it was a split. With um, Travion and Haas, the time was split as well. Painter will do it. And when they're ready, when they're ready to take the reins and become a guy that's a 35-minute a, a game player, he'll give it to him. He'll give him the time. Uh, Midwest Toker says Berg is 7'2". Seven 7'2 two. Seven two is tall. 7'2 is tall. I'm 5'4". Dick Stillwagon, the 7-footer on the bench, can shoot from distance. There, uh, Yeah, Jacobson is 7'3". I think that's true, Greg. Um, but, man, uh, 
that team next year is going to be good. The only question is, will there be, I think there almost has to be a red shirt. There's going to be a couple things that have to happen. Number one, I think we're going to, I think Purdue has to have one guy uh, leave the program prematurely. This based, I, I'm almost positive. You guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong here in the comments, but I think they have to have one guy leave. Um, and I think there will be somebody leave. Um, of course, Jones is gone. Senior night will be tough. Edie's gone. Uh, Gillis, uh, Gillis and Morton, I think their time is up. Um, but they could both come. The other thing, that's the weird thing. If they really petition and other people, they could both come back because of the COVID super years. But I don't think either of them are going to. I haven't seen anything of that. If you follow on Twitter, by the way, uh, check out. There's a picture I posted that Purdue Sports put on there. And it's Jones in the huddle before the IU game, kind of yelling, having a good time, smiling. And everybody looking at him is just enjoying the moment, it looks like to me. And maybe I'm reading too much into a picture, but I love this picture. If you if you check out check out the Boiled Sports Twitter feed and tell me what you think about that. I just love that picture. It, it's it was one of many many pictures they posted. They did a great job as they usually do. Uh, Jay Tent says some people are trying to act like Connect from Tennessee can catch him, and I laugh. There's no way Connect's catching eating. There's no way. Um, it's not gonna happen. Especially I think Tennessee didn't they just lose by twenty? Didn't they lose by twenty to was it Auburn? Is that Auburn or was it Texas A&M? It's one of those two. But Tennessee just got crushed. That stuff matters. So if Purdue can handle their business, which I think they will. I don't think losing is the end of the world uh, in one of the, a loss in these last seven games. I don't. I think they're going to lose one. I've said that. I can be wrong, but I think they're going to lose one. Um, I don't think that's the end of the world. Getting beaten up is another story, um, and I don't know how Connect did in that game, but. It's not good for your team, and you've got to be near perfect to catch the rabbit in the race. Um, Brock Steppel says, season is going fast. Let's enjoy it. Word. Uh, Greg McManus says, uh, the ESPN narrative, he says the J-Tent needs to make an attempt to include a player they can actually cover. Uh, They do it in all sports. ESPN is hot garbage at this point, aren't they? I mean, their ratings show it. Their programming is lousy. It doesn't hold my attention. Even the stuff that's really centric on sports, meaning the what you know, Sports Center, of course, what used to be a, a strong franchise, it's wilting on the vine. Um, their pregame shows aren't good anymore. Um, I'm not just saying that. I, I'm not a homer when it comes to the Big Ten, and I'm not. I'm not at all a homer when it comes to Big Ten Network. Uh, but no, that ESPN sucks. Um, let's see. Ted Briggs says, wait until we lose the baby boilers, the senior class of Haas Edwards and, and yeah, and Boogie. Yeah, right. Just wait. Just wait. Then it's over. Um, Greg Manis says, it's been a, uh, it's been a wait. It's, it's been wait until Biggie is gone. Boogie is gone. Travion is gone. Ivy is gone. Edie is gone. Keep hoping. Yep. Right on. Boilers, uh, 012. Says, just wait. Uh, I improve my forty time. I until I improve my forty time vertical jump. Christian McCaffrey will be out of a job. That's exactly right. IU mentality. IU mentality. They want IU fans continue to get talent. The, talent is always there. I mean, I'm not putting you down, Boilers 012. I'm sure hard work's going to get you there. But the big thing is, they IU always goes after the carrot, right? They always go after the pretty object, the shiny object, the the potential. And they don't go after a guy who's just a good basketball player. 
Purdue does go after potential, but generally it's on the other end of the spectrum. They're going after somebody who is a diamond in the rough. And Painter and Brantley specifically have been extremely successful in in developing those bigs. Zachary, Zachary Young says, don't worry, I use just one more coach away from greatness. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Will IU make major changes at the end of the season? I guess it'd probably fit, it, it'll probably it'll matter how they finish this season, but it doesn't look good. Preston Bannock says, what did I miss? Uh, we'll go through all the notes here in a second, Preston. Just hold on. Um, John Reiner says, thanks for, uh, for the comments, guys. Uh, Chris Beeler, TKR will be really good next year too. Yeah, I think TKR has a little bit of work cut out for him, and I think he's he took a, a quiet leap. All Purdue fans that have watched him all season, watched him last year, you see like his numbers are similar. That's the weird thing. And doing a statistical dive, his numbers are similar, but he is so much better away from the ball. His motor is better. He's had a, he had a little bit of a swoon a couple weeks ago where he wasn't getting, or for a couple weeks, starting, let's say, a week ago, where he wasn't getting quite involved. But now, even if he's not showing up in the, uh, in the box score, He's doing big things without the ball. And I think that's what Painter wants out of all of his guys. I think he understands that even when your shot's not flying, falling, you've got to do big things still. Um, let's see. Ed Albany says, what's up with you? And I don't think – oh, oh, what's up with me and Illinois thinking Purdue's going to lose that game? Here's what I think. Um, I think Illinois is a very talented team. I really do. I think Brad Underwood is a – Solid coach. Solid, okay? They get ahead of themselves. They get out in front of their skis a little bit. Their fans are silly. Silly. Flat out silly. But I think they're a really good team, and I think the matchups, some of their matchups, I'm always concerned this Purdue team playing a team that has two or three guard types that can score creates matchup problems. And obviously Illinois' point guard leaves a lot to be desired from the scoring standpoint, and that's what Purdue did last time, kind of, um, put Edie on him. It took them out of their rhythm. We'll see what happens, but I think Terrence Shannon's probably due for a big game. I think that's Illinois' senior night. Um, I just it just feels to me like that's what I'm pointing to, and I've been I've been wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm gonna I'll be in great joy if I am wrong there. I love being wrong when I predict predict uh, demise, doom, whatever for Purdue, and I'm wrong. Uh, but I've been pretty consistent thinking that game. Could be when Purdue loses and Purdue still gets their share or the outright Big Ten title. That's what I that's what I think's happened. Um, let's see. Uh, John Roberts says, Desperate men of Kroger. I like it. Yeah, the desperate men of Kroger around the floral uh, section. It's it's a problem. It's a problem. So so beat get it get that get away from it. Um, the desperate men of Kroger would be a great intramural team name. Or a church basketball league name. Um Greg Manis says, uh, oh, Ed Albany says, first we'll leave. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. I don't want anybody to leave. That's the other thing. I don't want any Purdue player to leave because I like these guys. There's not a, a malcontent in the bunch. And that's the thing. Like, there's not a guy you're, like, rooting. You're like, just get out of here because you're, you're, you're not a good teammate. There isn't any of that. I know Painter has meetings. He's famous for this at the end of the season saying, hey, we don't know if you're going to have much of a role next year. It might be a chance to look around, do something else. And I think he uses his network to try to help place those guys. That's why you see so much goodwill when Purdue guys transfer out generally. You know, you see guys, they're still hanging out with the team in off weeks. They still, you know, uh, in the comments section they're talking about. Um, 
I haven't heard Brandon Newman uh, talk to current players much on social media. I haven't seen it, but I know the players are, you know, rooting him on, uh, and he's he's got a good place, and he he lands for an ex at an ex painter um, coach program. Not coincidence. Now you have that coaching tree getting stronger and deeper every year, pretty much. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Micah needs some help uh, at Notre Dame right away. And so I wouldn't be surprised if one or two Purdue guys land in Notre Dame, which kind of sucks, but because it's Notre Dame, but for coach Shrewsbury, I get it. Frank Sanders says it's never over Purdue, more big 10 championships, more wins, more over IU. Purdue never goes away. And I like that last line. I think IU fans really deep in the pit of their stomach think Purdue never goes away. Like, but the beginning part, what Purdue needs to do to shut them up even more, but you can't shut them up because the mentality of a lot of IU fans, you're not going to shut them up. Purdue needs to have some success in March. We all know it. Um, it's the elephant in the room. So um, Jason Dupuy, I believe lawyer, might come off the bench next year. I do not. I do not. And I had this affirmed to me. Um, there's, a, there's a good clip of Purdue versus, darn, I can't remember who it was. Wisconsin? Wisconsin, where Lawyer threw a, an alley-oop uh, to Edie based on the fact that he saw something happening with their defense, what they're doing. And what that this little clip showed me is that Painter trusts Lawyer. If you look at the way they're talking to each other, and Lawyer knows everything that's happening on the court. That type of basketball IQ, that type of thing, when Painter trusts you and leans on you, to me it says a lot. Lawyers had chances where you're like, okay, maybe he maybe he comes off the bench now. Earlier in the season, he had a couple weeks where it looked like, okay, he's not playing his best basketball clearly. But I think he has absolutely earned Painter's trust because of his ability to look at the situation, understand what's happening, make good decisions. And he's made more and more good decisions. Whenever I say good decisions, make good decisions, I always think about that meme of a mom talking to her kids leaving for school. So... Make good decisions, Fletcher. Um, let's see. Uh, Ed Almany says, let's also enjoy uh, the now. Of course, uh, as you said with Edie and company, uh, there is time for next year. Yeah. I, I hope you're not seeing me as wishing this away. That's, In fact, it's the exact opposite. That was the whole point. It was all tongue-in-cheek. I, I want everyone to savor this home stretch or this, this final stretch, the, whatever you want to call it, the end of the season. Uh do not wish this away. It's it's this is special. It's great, but it's also great to know that this isn't the end at all for for Purdue fans. There's more fun coming. Uh, Colin McCord says, "Don't want to take anything away from this team, what they've done to date, but would like to hear what you think this team needs to accomplish for a season to be a complete success. To be a complete success, to be completely wrap it in a bow and say, okay, that is a truly great team." I say final four. Final eight, to me, you're kind of like, okay, elite eight, that's that's really, that's still pretty special for Purdue, obviously. I'm not going to ignore history, okay? I've been at m multiple elite games for Purdue. So I, maybe many of you guys were like this. Uh, had your rip, heart ripped out in those games. Uh, Tennessee versus Duke, I was there. Uh, and then uh, Virginia in Louisville, I was there. So I understand elite eights are kind of like, you know, like I was hearing somebody talk about Kentucky and Cal Perry recently, and they're talking about, oh, they haven't been in the Final Four since 2018. And so for Purdue, the elite eight has been 
the equivalent goal, goal of a Final Four for a, for a Blue Blood. Purdue gets to a Final Four, and now all of a sudden, you, all the talk of Purdue being a great team is is galvanized. In a national championship, obviously, Purdue, to me, they take their, their seat. Matt Painter takes his seat, where so many people in the media are trying to place him anyway, in the vacuum, where... Roy Williams and other coaches and Jay Wright and all those guys that have left in recent years, that's where Matt Painter goes. And they want him to go there, but he can't until he goes. He wins a national cha- championship, at least going to the Final Four. But for the team as a whole, um, those are my thoughts. Good question. Uh, good thought. Uh, Tariq Campbell says, can it just be March already? Yeah, we're close. Just we're close. Don't wish it away. Don't wish it away. Still thinks, uh, Tariq also thinks uh, Painter should play Colvin Moore. I do too. I do too, uh, and maybe he will. I mean, it, what a what a ace in the hole to have, right? Um, let's see. Dick Stillwagon says Newman was back at the football game last fall. Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> I remember that. But I haven't seen. Maybe he's just focusing on basketball. And I I think they're. I don't know their record right now. Last time I checked, oh, they look really good. So good. Uh, and I've watched them play a couple times. He looks good. He looks. Um, he, he found a good fit. Good for him. Everybody won. Um, uh, let's see. Final four bust says Tariq Campbell. Midwest Choker says Natty or bust. And let's see. Uh, Ty, Tyam Daly, T-Y-A-M Daly, says the Virginia game was a total heart ripper. Yeah, that 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 changed a lot of people. Uh, Jay from Boiled Sports says that all the time. That was a that was a, a a seismic line for him. Changed everything for him. And that's it's kind of sad. Uh, that was a hard day. I always say Purdue should have lost the Tennessee game, and they should have won. They they should have won the Virginia game. Literally, the Tennessee game they had it lost. If you looked at the closing minutes of that, the Virginia game they had it won. And um, what are you gonna do? Uh, Virginia made the near impossible play. Purdue defended it well. Um, that point guard, I can't remember his name right now, who went to bed in the NCAA tournament last year, made a perfect pass, and then you had Harms waiting. I mean. What what more do you want? So, Diatike Diakite Diakite made the play. So guys make plays. It's awesome. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, what are you gonna do until until um, Purdue does something to to scrub these memories out of our mind? They're saltier, right? They're they taste bad, you know, because those are memories of almost getting the Final Four and. Do I feel confident Purdue's going to get to Final Four? I don't. Be real honest. I don't. Does that mean they can't? No, of course not. I mean, anything can happen. But the, the problem is I'm 48 years old, and I remember the things we're all talking about. And all the situations are different. The players are different. And Purdue has not been this complete or this good or shown over and over that they're the best team in the nation really ever. They've I've seen great teams. You've seen great teams. But we've never, never seen that magic in March. We've never seen, we've seen Purdue peak in March so few times. So few times. Uh, obviously, Boogie's team uh, peaked in March. Um, the team that got knocked out from by Wisconsin in the final eight probably peaked in March. I have no idea. My son brought it up today via text, which is awful. Was that 2000? The 2000 when Purdue lost in the round of eight to Wisconsin? He reminded me Purdue beat Wisconsin early in the season on the shoulders of a Brian Cardinal 26-point game. First game, they played Wisconsin. Then lost three straight to him. Yeah. When Purdue got knocked out by Kansas State 
with the three amigos. Purdue beat Kansas State by like 40 points. Mitch Richmond by like 40. And then they lost to him in the NCAA tournament. The, these details are just so ingrained in me. And so and they bother me so much. The, the, the Duke, uh, Glenn Robinson loss in Tennessee that I was there. Robinson gets hurt wrestling in the hallway the night before by Matt Tindam. Gosh, that matters. I'm like, dang nab. Have everything lined up. It'd be pretty special. It'd be pretty amazing to get some of these ideas out of my head. Kevin Farrow says, uh, will both Catchings and Harris be ready to go day one next year? I believe so. Uh, those two guys, be excited about uh, Harris and Catchings. Be excited even about, I think, Benter. A lot of people think that he may not. I, I'm, those three, I think, are good from day one. I might be wrong with Benter, but I still think there's going to be three in this class that are really good from day one. But I definitely think Harris and Catchings are are made for big time. I think Catchings has shown it because he's been playing against really good competition in that weird Atlantic or pardon Atlantic Atlanta league. I don't ever remember its name, and I don't really care to put it in my memory. And then uh, if you look at Harris, look at his build. He's not built like a kid. He is put together, and he is getting better as the season goes on. If you're watching him via Twitter highlights and things like that, he's um, like conference player of the year this year. Um, and the way he plays, he plays with a bulldog mentality. I think right away you're going to have a guy that Painter wants on the court all the time, as much as possible, whatever you want to say. He could plug right in for Jones, it seems. I don't think he's going to have quite the mentality that Jones has because he's a kid, uh, he's young, but I do think uh, he's going to be tough as nails, and I'm excited about him. Oh, look, Jack Leonard 22 says, uh, slightly off topic, but I love that photo of you surfing in your office yeah, hair looks great. Uh, people don't realize that uh, an Indiana boy can surf. Yeah, right, right there. That's a great. That's a great picture of me surfing. That's a good point. Thanks, Jay. Um, yeah, if you were in my office, you could see it, but uh, it's a little out of focus because the because the bokeh of the camera. Yeah, but I, I, I'm an excellent surfer. I had a really good tan that day too. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, Time Daily says, I think uh, they have a good run in them this year. Painter has tried some different things recently. They all focus on getting 1-0 record in April. Long way off. Uh, how special would it be? Uh, I've, well, I'm not going to get into the personal stuff about, I don't even want to talk about the, the thoughts that I have in my head. They're, they they make me angry that I start thinking ahead to April, but I do. And at the same time, I'm torn. So I'm with you. Jay Wood, uh, how are you? Uh, for all people who say uh, we won't be as good after Edie leaves, look at the Big Ten titles after Wooden and Big Dog left, not to mention the other Purdue greats. Okay, so <clears throat> let's look at this. Go back to, you see, it says Wooden. Yes, after Wooden and Big Dog left. Is that right? Is it Wooden? Yeah, okay, so Wooden goes back a ways. Nobody remembers that because it's too long ago. But Purdue didn't die, obviously. Uh, when Mount left, Purdue didn't die. They didn't fall off a cliff. In fact, the 70s were, the end of the 70s were pretty magical for Purdue. The big thing you're going to have right away is you're not going to have a team that's number one in the nation. I, I mean, I don't think there's any way in hell Purdue gets number one in the nation next year. That's a challenge. I just put it on the table for Purdue. Um, I don't think they'll get that there. So you're going to say they're not as good regardless as what we saw the last two years. But they're going to be really, really good. And they're going to be frustratingly good for teams like IU who are ready for this to be over. Ready, for, sick and tired of seeing Purdue up in the rankings at all. Purdue will be ranked uh, going into the season after people realize what Purdue has on the roster. I mean, it might be in the 
high teens, you know, 19, 22, whatever. Um, but I think they're going to shoot up the rankings again because Painter gets teams ready. Um, I don't think they have a, a summer trip this year. That's one big difference for team building, but they still, of course, be working hard in the summer. Um, but uh, Big Dog, they won the title, and then they won two more, three straight titles. I was at Purdue. Those two teams after, that was just Will and Grit that got them the title. I mean, you had Coach Brantley there. You had Conzo Martin there for one year. You had Porter Roberts. You had Herb Dove, Justin Jennings, uh, Ian Stanback, Corny McNary. The, that team was really, really just a bunch of role players holding things together. But Coach Katie, that's some of his most brilliant coaching getting those teams into a Big Ten championship. So, yeah. Um, let's see. A lot of comments that I missed. It looks like I apologize. Uh, Jay Wood says, post, post Wooden, 34-35, 36-38. Yeah, those were magical years. I, Yeah, I, that's yeah, – I understand your point. I have no clue what those teams played like. Like, really, I can't find any – there's no proof other than old-timey uh, newsreel um, – I don't. I mean, that's it's incredible that they still won after Wooden because they got the Helms national title in '32, right? And then '34, '35, '36, '38. Pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, that's um, that's a long time ago. Uh, Greg Mass says Zoe and Brantley were grinding '94, '95. The first round game uh, was a total bummer. Yeah, yeah. You and I both remember. Uh, I think Greg and I are the same age exactly. He's like got a couple couple months on me, so uh, Jay Wood goes back to this point. Four more Big Ten titles in the '30s after Wooden graduated. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I don't remember the '30s. I get your point. I get your point. I get your point about the '90s. It's not over. We all agree. So that's it. That's a good. That's a good tidy quick cast. Just under forty minutes. Just what you want from a quick cast. Uh, thanks for tuning in to everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. hope it was a little diversion from you. I hope you understand that you have some firepower that you can use if you choose, if you so choose, against your favorite IU fan in the office or elsewhere at church in the lobby like me. But I, I'm not doing that. I, I, if they want to talk and say stupid things, let them say stupid things. That's kind of the way I am right now. Um, I don't need to try to combat it. It's just absolute silliness to me that people are trying to fight from a place of they got they don't have the higher ground they just don't and so um i appreciate you tuning in though i hope you have a great afternoon it's it's almost afternoon it's eleven fifty nine. so have a great day hope hope your lunch is magical and delicious and guys get get those flowers done uh god bless you hammer down uh go boilers we'll talk to you soon if i might have the post game a little late after minnesota but we'll have something up and we're also i don't want to say it because nothing's been put together, but post game. We'll just talk about that later. God bless you. See you.